Hello, this is Robert Barge. Welcome to Redemption's Table, where every week we will gather around this table with a special guest to explore the most appetizing ingredient in this menu called life, redemption. I believe in redemption. I believe everybody hungers for redemption, everybody. And the truth is, redemption is all around us every day. It is a recipe that God the Creator sets before us every single moment of our lives. Unfortunately, so much emphasis is placed upon the bad, many have difficulty seeing, experiencing, and tasting the good. So I'm setting out on a journey, going table to conversation, to accentuate the reality of redemption in the lives of everyday people like you and me. A reality that, I believe, finds its ultimate expression in Jesus of Nazareth, who is the not-so-secret ingredient to the redemption we all seek. So, come hungry, join the meal, because party of redemption, your table is now ready. Well, hello everybody and welcome again to Redemption's Table. It is a pleasure today to be online here talking to uh, two brand new friends. I am with John Langford, who is the founder of Urban Avenues in Birmingham, Alabama, and also the founder of Five Loves, and then also be with Madison Kearns, who's the director of Five Loves. So welcome to the podcast, John and Madison. Thank you. Happy Thanks to be here. Very much. Great to be here. Oh, thank you for taking of your time. I know it's, uh, we keep hearing the word over and over again, unprecedented time, and it definitely is that. Talk about uh, Five Loaves, uh, an incredible program as you list on your website. It combines art, food, art, and conversation to connect our city. Love all four of those things. Love food, love art, love conversation. And I love the city of Birmingham. It's where I'm from. So uh, let's start talking about Five Loaves. Madison, why don't you dive in? Uh, Madison is the constant heartbeat of what Five Loaves has been and what it is today. And so uh, her voice is probably the freshest and I'll, I'll be happy to comment as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd love for John to be able to share how the, how the whole organization and Five Loaves as a venture came to be too. But um, so these days it's, um, it celebrated its five year birthday um, back in the fall. And so the biggest goal for Five Loaves, like you said, I mean, it's celebrating food, art, and conversation. And, and um, Urban Avenues itself is all about trying to seek, um, is seeking to unite disconnected communities. And so um, Birmingham sees so many different types of disconnected communities. You have um, economically, racially, um, just even in the terms of with a, with a city that has a phrase called over the mountain um, kind of signifies that, that there's a divide that exists. And so um, we really believe in the ways that the city can improve when those barriers get broken down and conversations are able to actually occur across those different groups. And so we're really trying to just create a space for that to happen. Um, and particularly with high school students, you see that you go to the school in your district, you, um, if you go to church, it's probably nearby and your friends play the sports on the same team as you that's, that's in your town. So um, we really wanted to work with those kids early on that felt um, kind of the deepest pains of those communities that didn't get to interact. So we work primarily with high school kids. Um, we've got seven different high schools that we're working with across Birmingham right now to create a spot for them to come together um, on a consecutive basis to just get in the kitchen together. And they're learning life skills, they're learning character traits that 
we really want to help them feel um, empowered to um, to seek out more help and how to strengthen those character traits that um, that can really do good work for the city and just for the, their communities and for even the world. Um, and and then also just letting them see the beauty of food through it. Um, it's something really special whenever you're a, a, um, a young adult and you're learning that you can do something that's beautiful and that really makes people happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an addictive feeling. So we really want to want to give them the opportunity to feel that. So, um, so every three weeks, the way that it plays out um, really logistically, we meet at, in a church kitchen that's um, been really gracious to let us use their space. And, um, and it's, a, it's a very conducive environment for education. You get this huge industrial-sized kitchen that has everything that they could need and um, we'll have a particular trait or skill that we really want to foster in that week. So it can be leadership, it can be project management, um, entrepreneurship, public speaking, things that you wouldn't necessarily look at food and think, I can learn this in this, in this field, but it really naturally actually has learning opportunities um, for those skills. So we'll meet, uh, we have a discussion. A lot of times we'll have different chefs or business owners or people who are just really passionate about, um, about teaching young adults and, and being a mentor. They'll come in. Uh, we really want to empower them to lead those, those conversations. And then we'll get in the kitchen and see how we could use food. So project management, for example, um, you know, it's okay. We've got a goal. How do we go from just the idea to actually seeing things through? Who do we need on our team? Um, how much time do we have? All of the details. So they learn what project management is. And then we do this big iron chef competition where they have their secret ingredient, have a certain amount of time, have their team have to put everything together in, in just a small amount of time. And they do a great job. Um, we've done other things that, that have, um, Leadership, for example, they one person was given a recipe and tried to set up their team to put the actual recipe together whenever they didn't actually even get to see them and their team didn't get to see the recipe. So fun ways that they can actually use food and then all just get to go um, and sit around the table together and eat afterwards mm-hmm. um, and really just be able to form relationships like that. So that's where it's a very team-focused oriented approach for those um, consecutive gatherings every three weeks. But then we also want to create a platform for these students to be able to share how they're learning and the fact that they do actually have a lot to be able to offer the adult community of Birmingham in inspiring them, showing them how they can really um, inspire beauty and and create things and, and form these new relationships with people who maybe they don't have um, much in common on the surface, but actually whenever you break down, there's much, there's a lot that that they can look at and think we're very alike. Um, And so for those kind of environments where we're really wanting to set the students up to teach, uh, we'll do these pop-up dinners. And so uh, we work with local chefs who have been really generous and want to just teach our students, um, our most recent one was back in the fall with Brandon Kane and Roots and Revelry. The entire team was so excited to work with our students and um, helped the kids formulate a menu, let them get in the kitchen and really see how a professional group really operates together, what teamwork means in that professional context and not just in the kitchen um, and just really mentoring them through the whole thing. And then 
a few weeks later, had a dinner for 70 people in this grand ballroom mm -hmm, where the students got to be a part of creating the food, serving the food, sharing stories the entire evening, um, and, and just getting to meet with these adults who um, they'd never met before and, and were able to create these new relationships. And everyone at the table had the same experience of, um, you know, it's one long table. You can't really silo yourself out whenever you are at what, this one long table. And so you are able to get to know new people, have these conversations that can really spark unity across the city. Um, and, and we've been so encouraged by the ways that for the past five years when we've been having these pop-up dinners, the relationships that have been formed, um, just the, the excitement about what the kids are doing and how it's inspired these adults to, um, to really look at the ways that they live their lives as well. And, um, and then just how we've been able to see the restaurant community participate in it too. So those are our two biggest areas that, that we work with on, on kind of a, a general scale. Um, but it's taken a lot of different shifts throughout the years. And so John, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how it started and how it's kind of shaped throughout the years. Sure, I'm happy to. Um, do we want to pause and go into any of that, or I'm happy to dive? Well, I, I was just going to say, am I guessing that that ballroom you used was the one in the Thomas Jefferson Hotel? It was. It was one of the rare instances where we actually were really close to where the chef normally works. Um, yeah. In the past, it's been in a woodworking shop with no operating water. So that one took a lot of creativity. <laughs> Thankfully, before my time, I didn't have to figure that one out. Um, and, and then Clubhouse on Highland. So this beautiful event space. Um, there's been Leaf one. The, the, the one in Leaf and Petal. It was yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Leaf and Petal. So it's this big greenhouse, um, in Cahaba Heights, just outside of Birmingham. And so it was, um, a bunch of tables under these beautiful lights and surrounded by all these flowers. Um, so it's, the goal is to always try to have it in a unique spot. Um, and, but yeah, the, the one with Brandon Kane was at the Thomas Jefferson Tower Ballroom, and it was gorgeous. All of the windows and, and the history that's there. Mm -hmm. um, that that dinner we titled "Back to Your Roots" because that that building has so much history about mm -hmm. um, how it's really trying to celebrate what it originally was, and and Brandon's story himself is all about. Um, he got back into fine dining and his and roots and revelry is celebrating the food that his mom cooked for him when he was a kid. And so it's honoring her and her legacy. And, um, and that was very much what we wanted the kids to do too, of celebrating their own legacies. So it, it had a very, uh, there was a lot of deep meaning into why that ballroom ended up being the great, the greatest spot for us, but it was yeah. a ton of fun. Yeah, I'm just having to be familiar with that. I was for 19 months, I was chaplain right across the street at Brother Brian Mission. Mm -hmm. And one day I thought, you know, proximity would be a good thing. No, I'm checking out, I was checking out their, uh, their loft apartments. And so I got a chance to check out the inside of that hotel is really, really cool. So, mm -hmm. all right. So John, you're going to tell us kind of how the, the foundation of all this, how can, where the vision originated with five yeah. loaves and yeah, it really came from a, a, a large collective of people across the city. I mean, um, Madison shared the, the sort of the, the beauty and the ramifications of young people seeing that they actually have a larger life and a larger voice to carry a torch for Birmingham and carry a torch for their own communities. 
And that, by just the very nature of it, expands the sense of courage that they've got and a sense of identity that they have with a, uh, a larger existence than they might would have thought walking out of their teenage years. Um, we always, uh, and, and Urban Avenues kind of as a group started about six years ago, and it was really just a collective of interested business, entrepreneurs, artists, technology people, um, and educators uh, around the city that we started meeting at my wife and I's home uh, here. And the idea was that lifetime learning is a good thing and mm -hmm. that we all wanted to feed our hearts and souls um, in ways that we were curious and that we were learning across the boundaries that were just normally part of our lives. But we all also had day jobs and we had things that we had spent time developing as sort of the course of our lives and our vocation. And so the idea became, could we create something that allows for uh, adults that live busy lives to invest some portion of what they vocationally connect to and do every day and some portion of their passion to be lifetime learners to connect with each other and also connect with um, the, the younger generation that's kind of coming up into their version of Birmingham and their ownership of what our community would be long-term. So this idea of a bi-directional kind of walk with each other um, and the fact that uh, we suddenly started seeing that group of initial interested people grow. Um, and as it grew, we got the capacity to think about how do we start ventures like Five Loves. So that happened to be our first one. And it was kind of fun because it was people in Birmingham actually meeting with friends that had heard about what we were doing in San Francisco and Washington, D.C. And they were coming to our meetings and thinking with us. And so... Um, there was a lot of uh, creativity and ingenuity um, that came with that. And, but the big part of it, we all believed, was as we set the table for students to step into this with us, number one, they needed to have it be their idea and their vision that drove it. And number two, that versus us creating a set of instructions that we would hand them for how to do various things, we would constantly present them with questions. And... Um, and keep them in those uncomfortable places of having to come up with their own solutions and their own ideas. And then we could guide that and work with that um, to build from there. So like what Madison just shared, that's been sort of the heritage, I think, probably of five loaves of the last five years um, and a few other things that we've done uh, is to just keep that constant cycle of creativity and ownership and identity and spark of energy around the city uh, with these, these two entry points of adults and, and young developing adults that are coming out of high school years. Well, I love that. I, I worked with teenagers for 18 and a half years. My background is uh, student ministry. And to let youth lead or let them take the initiative, as you said, it's got to be their idea. But then also to constantly be challenging them by posing certain problems so that they're not just going off, you know, their own leadership. Then you've got these, these, um, uh, obstacles, if you will, or challenges to the growth comes through challenges and opportunities like that. So that's awesome. That is really cool. It's been fun to watch. It really has. And it's, we're always interested and curious about how the, this whole thing unfolds differently every year. So, uh, you know, way five lows looked probably in its infancy in its first couple of years um, changed and morphed to the identity that we were able to 
um, gained with uh, both students and adults across the city. And it's gotten richer and broadened over time. Uh, Madison said we've got seven schools we work with. Well, we started off with one group of uh, young people in Fairfield as our first community that uh, they said, you know, we'll step into the circle and help uh, develop this. Our vision has always been that it would be students that were coming from places of wealth and, and from areas of poverty as well. And that stepping into the circle together every year is a new class of five low students or fish camp film with our, our film school um, that no one would walk into it or walk away from it as having helped the other group, but instead will really step into something that they ought to learn together and with the same level of energy and investment. Um, and then that creates that common bond and common identity that, I mean, Madison, I laugh about it now we have, um, students that had never entered into another part of the city before that now um, have spent the night parties with their new friends from those other parts of the city. And that's just a beautiful outcome for, for what we've been hoping would be some of the things that we see that, that happen at a student level. So Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. Uh, that reminds me kind of like what redemptive cycles does, you know, they take the, the bike rides through the communities. Uh, and a lot of times people come back and go, wow, we've never seen that part of Birmingham before. Mm -hmm. uh, it's amazing. Exactly. exactly. Mm -hmm. Great common heart. Yeah. And it can even be something of just seeing it from a different perspective or, or yeah, just getting to be a part of a different neighborhood or street, even that you hadn't been on it it helps you to realize that you're a smaller part in a bigger story of what's going on in Birmingham, but also that there are people who are living very different lives around you that you can still, you can still connect with. They're still very approachable. It's just a street down the road um, that you can still form those relationships with. And still um, like John said with, with our students, you know, it's, it's not that one's better than the other. It's not that there's any kind of higher up on any group. We're all still, a part of this city, we're all still a part of this state and this um, and this community. It's just the fact that circles don't often interact. Sometimes mm -hmm. um, Birmingham's a small world, but yet still you can interact with the same the same circle over and over, and and never get to know um, other groups. And so that's what's always been so fun is seeing how how our how our organization has grown and been able to get into these different groups and. And then when they share, it gets it just gets stronger and stronger what Urban Avenues is trying to do. The more that people take that ownership and, and share it with more and more people. It's an absolutely beautiful vision there. Bringing, I mean, you're building bridges mm -hmm. that will, you're building bridges and teaching people to be bridge makers, bridge builders early in life, which is so important in our culture. Uh, reason is something I've said this for the past few years. Reason has seemed to be tossed in recent days. And yet you're already bringing people to come together to be reasonable. There's, there's nobody that's there to be the savior of, of the group and nobody's got, you know, uh, nobody has all the answers and just coming together. That's a beautiful thing. And you're doing it over food. And mm -hmm. I'm sure you've got some uh, incredible wow stories that have come out of this uh, you know after doing it for five years you know any that you could share you know maybe a student came back you know told you something or maybe things they're doing with their life now any that you come to mind yeah madison why don't you start we've had some recent ones and uh and stepping into uh i'm, I'm thinking of uh, college steps and then also 
uh, and then I can I can tell a few historically that have been fun to see and watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our our group right now. To me, one of the things that's most exciting is when we see them want to come back. Um, the way we have it designed is that there's a, um, you make kind of a year-long commitment knowing that we know that kids are incredibly overscheduled these days. And so there's, there's grace. You don't have to show up every single time if you can't. Um, but we really want people to know you're, you're committing to try and form this relationship with this group over the course of a year. And, um, and so we've got kids who have been in it now for three, four years. Um, and so they just keep coming back. One, her name's Jayla and she is one of the most inspiring people to me. She goes to miles now. She's studying to be a social worker, um, wants to go and get her master's and has published her own poetry book, um, is really, I mean, is constantly sending in our group message with all of our team, just encouragement and um, and, you know, letting people know that you know, our hearts are breaking with you during this time, we're praying for you, just really taking a level of leadership. Um, and, and so that's one thing that's just been so fun to be able to see the growth. And, and it's, um, it's great whenever they're not even away yet, right? Like mm-hmm. to, to have been able to see this over the course of the two years that I've known her um, and the, four year, the three or four years that she's been around in Five Loaves, it's it's just so encouraging to see. Um, and then just to know she'll, I mean, she's so vocal and, and very um, articulate with, with the ways that she's grown and, and has been so kind to be able to attribute so much of it to the ways that five loaves has been able to create new opportunities. And um, so she's just one of my, one of my favorite people that, that I get to look at and, um, and be able to say, if we have an event, if we have anything where I'm, I'm thinking they need to really understand what's going on here. I, I'll just tell her, Jayla, do your magic. You, <laughs> you, know, like, you know what you're doing. So um, she's, she's just wonderful. And then other students that we've seen, it's another thing that's cool that um, we try to, um, I guess the best way to describe it is we, we never want to go forward saying that we're a job training program. We're learning culinary skills. We're getting in the kitchen by no means do we expect any of these students to come in and turn into a chef. Um, if they do, it's great, but we have kids who want to be historians. Jayla wants to be a social worker. We have kids who want to be in medical school. They, they're coming in from all across the board in terms of their interest and their career goals, but it is always exciting whenever you see something just click. Um, if it's either the way that they get in the kitchen and just fall in love with what's going on, um, in the ways that they can really love people well through food. And then we've seen a few go to culinary school or when we see them just connect to one of the mentors that have come in and seeing how that has just been able to, um, to change the ways that they're viewing the world, that they're viewing their ability to impact the the world, excuse me. Um, it's really exciting to be able to look back at those moments and see just how much one connection can mean and and the trajectory that it can go um john what about you yeah no i I think those are all so it is so fun to see her uh step up to the mic in any of our events and and speak like she does and i can think of other students that we've had before that have been that way that came from fragile environments that honestly didn't have a voice uh before um we got a chance to really spend time with them but they had all the ingredients of a voice. They had leadership inside of them. They had a passion inside of them for various things. And, uh, 
and also they cared about each other um, and just watching them be able to relay a lot of that and, and actually develop their own language in the kitchen together for how to do it. And then we've watched them go on to um, uh, take on jobs in steel mills. We've watched them go on to take on jobs in uh, uh, farming communities. We've got uh, one young lady that was a part of two of our ventures uh, that now is the leader of Putnam's uh, Jones Valley Farm Program. And she called me last week. We were laughing about what it's like working with elementary school students when she was used to working in our environment and that kind of a thing. And so um, it, it's just good to see, I think, that we end up having these longer narratives, that we have these stories that they do come back to us and we do get a chance to reconnect them with multiple points of the current students and, uh, and, and students all on the way, but also just the networks of adults in Birmingham that, you know, they've learned to build networks and they've learned to, they've created a place in the heart and soul of uh, a lot of people across the city um, in a way that they can stay connected to them in small ways, you know, seeing them and recognizing them uh, somewhere in the city um, and in large ways, when they have moments that uh, they need advice or they need help for one thing or another, that that's there. So that's all been very good to see. You were born out of innovation and creativity and adaptability when I hear that you're having uh, meals in a greenhouse and you're making it beautiful or a woodworking space. Um, we're in a different day. Our lives have changed the last three weeks, uh, three plus weeks now. How has Five Loaves adapted to what's going on? And y'all have a brand new initiative. Uh, unpack that. Tell us what you're doing now. Yeah. So um, with everything that Five Loaves does, we're, we're naturally very connected to the food community in town. And, um, and so when this was going on from the very early days, you know, we were trying to think of how do we really connect well and, and show with the, re the restaurant community that, our hearts are breaking with them. We want to support them. Um, but we're also still a small organization. There's, there's limited ability for us as, as John, as Madison, and, and just what Urban Avenues and Five Loaves is on its own to really try to make a dent in, in the ways of fixing, of, not of fixing, but of helping um, to, to show our support, to try to lessen the burden that they're having to make decisions right now that are really hard. Um, and so last week, John, um, John really reached out and, and had this great um, initiative that he could point towards, which was this idea called Care Health, which is supporting local restaurants and then also filling a big problem that we have right now of restaurant worker or hospital um, workers, healthcare professionals are incredibly overworked. Um, they're, they're working really tirelessly and serving the community, the community in such a noble way. Um, and for such long hours that by the time that they get off their shift, all of these restaurants are, sh are closed. And, mm -hmm. um, and so it was a way for us to be able to create a system where the community from the safety of their homes could support these local restaurants and also take that support to the local restaurant and feed healthcare workers. Um, and all without having to, to, dangerously try to fight against social distancing or um and really creating a safe space for us to show we support and we love these two groups who are just hurting right now and um 
and we use five loaves and urban avenues is really, so five loaves fits in the, the bigger organization, urban avenues. And so as we are always trying to um, unite disconnected communities in the social distancing time, that's the best way that we were able to see um, our ability to really love those groups well and to unite them in, um, in this method called care health that we've come up with or that we've been able to, to really get some legs underneath and, and make, make happen. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of credit to medicine. Uh, we did in, in less than two or three days really built an entire infrastructure um, for making this actually work. Um, created everything from uh, a brand presence to connecting it to healthcare. We, we actually are connected to um, uh, some healthcare initiative across the country through a healthcare company that, uh, that I own. Um, and so in that, sort of that intersection happened quickly of how can we be valuable um, to the community in the places um, that are getting stressed and stretched the most. And we've probably only seen the beginning chapters of that. Um, and so our thought was, let's get a solid enough infrastructure in place with the credibility of five years of work in the community as a nonprofit, um, they can now take resources and funnel them directly to the restaurants in quick and effective and efficient ways. Um, and also can animate the connecting points for getting that food um, to all of the health systems and first responders across Birmingham, all the while still connecting to this larger story of urban avenues. So we want to build bridges. We want to create connecting points. Um, they allow all of us to see our identity more clearly as people of Birmingham. And so it kind of just was a beautiful fit. Yeah. Uh, that sounds, it's a, it sounds incredible how, I know it's a fast building. You're building the framework fast. Uh, right now, how many people could you help? I mean, what's the, is there a limit or is it a, is it limitless? We're hoping limitless. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess that'll, that'll be determined as time goes on. Um, we, uh, we had the idea really take legs last Monday. So a week from today. Um, we went live on Wednesday evening and then, so, um, since Wednesday evening, we've been able to accept donations, have been reaching out to people to share what we're doing. And since then we have raised close to $7,000. Um, and so in less than a week and we had our first delivery today to where we could really coordinate, um, because one of the, one of the major aspects that was really important to us was, um, the hospital side, the the last thing we wanted to do was to go in there and not be smart about it and be a burden. Um, so we wanted to make sure that we avoided both of those things. So we really worked alongside a lot of different healthcare professionals to figure out how can we make sure that we are not um, risking any chance of COVID spreading with the ways that, with this process that we're trying to really do. Um, and then two, what guidelines are these health systems um, already putting in place? To where we're not we're not stepping on toes we're really going through a system so we have um, on our website urbanavenues.com slash care health people can go on and request for their department to receive a meal and the day and the time that works well um, or let's say that you have a sister or a friend who is a doctor or a nurse um, you can nominate their department so then we can coordinate with them and figure out how to get food to them as soon as possible and then in some cases we're 
um, working really closely alongside the healthcare administration team to make sure that we are, um, that we're going through the process in the best and most respectful way to what they already have in place. Um, so we had that fully set down. Um, we got to a place where we felt fully confident today. We did our first delivery um, to an emergency room department and fed 40 of their workers and um, it went really well and they were they were excited. Our delivery driver was excited from afar. And, um, and so we were able to get one under our belt. We've got two for tomorrow. We've been really quickly building up our schedule to be able to get as many as we can because we're trying to be smart about um, how much we're paying for these meals that there's a fine line to balance. Of, mm -hmm. You want to support these restaurants. So you, you can't, um, you can't really ask for discounts. You have to be really cautious of the things that, um, that they're taking into consideration, but also you're getting these dollars and wanting to maximize your impact. And so we feel pretty confident that we found a good spot to where um, at this point, we think that we can serve about 700 professionals at this point. Um, and we have volunteer drivers who have really, um, really risen up to the occasion. And we've, um, John and, and some of our board members and, and family members worked really hard to um, put together these, these safety buckets, uh, these sanitation uh, materials and masks and different pieces to really make sure that they're safe. Uh, for our delivery drivers, and um, and they're delivering hopefully over the next of the course of over the course of the next few weeks um, to more and more more and more hospitals and health systems. And as we keep getting donations in, we're going to keep getting them out, getting and feeding those healthcare professionals. This is one of the positives in a time like this. Uh, challenges when when it's an opportunity to step up to the plate and uh, meet tremendous need and you're thinking quickly and, you know, under the guidance of prayer and, you know, putting things together, frameworks like this. And this is the beauty of, um, of response in, in a time of crisis. And how can people help? Obviously they can, and I will put the link on the podcast for them to participate in giving, but are there other ways that people can help with this? Volunteers? You say you use volunteer drivers. Is that within your framework already or? Is there a need for drivers? Yes. Yeah, so we do, um, we do have volunteers fit into our framework to be delivery drivers. And um, quite honestly, we're trying to be very, very um, resourceful with that group and keeping it very small because it is such a sensitive time. And, and there is so much to be aware of. Um, we want to be as smart as we can to minimize any kind of risk. So we're trying to be really smart with the ones that we have and they are incredibly willing to, to take the steps and to meet as many of the deliveries as we need. Um, and so we're trying to be very smart about that and, and keeping that group low, but it is an area that, that people can yeah. help in this um, for sure. And, and then other areas, John, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to, I've got one Madison I was going to offer. And that was just the, you know, this is kind of thinking back to a, a, an older time, the idea the concept of communities forming fire bucket brigades and uh, you put the, everybody just lined up and you pass the bucket down. And I think that's a reasonable uh, vision for this too. We've been asking people to think of 10 friends and to think of 10 friends that you could tell, about care health 
And in the process, um, the donations uh, methodology is very, very simple. Um, and because of the fact that we've been doing this for five years now, um, six in total as a nonprofit, um, then we've got to establish respect and um, also responsibility as players in the community that have been, uh, have, have sort of gained the reputation of being highly effective with our money. So um, in the process, you know, if people would be willing to contact 10 friends and just tell them, hey, did you know this is going on? And with the beauty of social media and so many other ways to do that, um, that's, that's not a heavy lift, but uh, that steps into our fire bucket brigade in a big way and will allow Madison and her team um, to really expand quick. You shared a few moments ago, Madison, as we were talking before we started recording, that your family, is in the restaurant business back in Tennessee. Is that correct? Yes, that is right. And my my sister, who's one of my heroes, way before all of this happened, she is a nurse too. Um, so my family kind of naturally has both sides of this that that they're feeling. And um, and so even though they're far away, it's exciting to get to serve people who are in similar worlds down here in Birmingham. Yeah. But mm-hmm. where's the restaurant? It's up in a town called Clarksville. So um, it's basically in Kentucky, but, um, just North, Northwest of Nashville. And so it's a, it's called the catfish house. It's a very Southern down to your roots, get you some fried catfish and hush puppies and coleslaw kind of place. Um, and so it's a, it's a ton of fun. It's, it's been in our family for gosh, 42 years now, maybe 43. Um, so it's been a, a little long standing Clarksville spot. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check it out when we're able to go and do some things. Absolutely. <laughs> go get you some fried okra. Road trip. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate y'all gathering with me and uh, talking a little bit about uh, what's going on with Five Loves, what was happening before and now with the uh, Care Health Initiative. Uh, very exciting. I, um, I just want to give both of you the opportunity um, a word of encouragement to the people who are listening in, uh, to, to the people of Birmingham. Um, I mean, the biggest thing that I have felt really encouraged by, um, during this time of of COVID and, and everyone having to, um, to really be alone is this idea that, um, Birmingham can still be a community. It just has to look a little bit differently. And so, um, I think that on a normal day, you know, when, when we're not having to think about social distancing and, and COVID that Birmingham takes a lot of pride in, in the community and, and who we are as this magic city. And, um, and I think that it can still have that pride and still have that impact too. Um, it just has to look differently. Mm-hmm. And, um, and one of the things that's been so encouraging is just the way that the city stepped up and I'm not even thinking about, um, the countless people who have contributed to what we're doing through volunteering or sharing what we're doing or donating. Um, I'm thinking too about the other groups who are in the city that are doing the exact same thing that we're doing. Um, Maybe a different model, but the same heart of let's love our restaurants, let's love our healthcare workers. And, um, and so it's, it's exciting to see how Birmingham, it really is an innovative group. Um, And, and it's a group that loves well and, um, and tries to serve even in times like this. What about you, John? Beautifully said. I, yeah, I would just echo that and say, 
You know, Birmingham has given us, as the citizens of the larger community of Birmingham, a lot of energy over the last five to 10 years and identity and pride in what our city is becoming, both the way that we think culturally, um, the way that we've been leaders civically and thought through what are the right things and important things to prioritize in a community as we look at the rest of our country, um, and the way that we've tried to establish a different cadence of civility with one another. And I think with all of that identity and energy that's been given to us, this is an exciting time for us as individuals to use the confinement that is our current reality and let that frame our creativity for ways to give back to the city. Um, and there's a huge need for it right now. We're addressing a couple of corners of that, um, but there are many, many more to address um, from the schools um, to uh, other communities of small business that are being impacted in such enormous ways. So every way that we can think about um, the challenges that exist, there's likely ways for us to think also about new solutions and new ways to address it. Um, much like Madison said, I think there's a lot that we can all still do and celebrate the fact we're getting a chance to do it together, but differently as yeah. a community. So. Yeah, I love the city. I was born there in 1959. I've been tracking the city of Birmingham all these years. I was out of state and uh, other places for almost 25 close to 30 years, came back here about uh, seven years ago. And I can just tell you, uh, walking the streets of Birmingham, it's like I, I see so much good happening in my hometown. And it's, it's uh, awesome to, uh, to see and uh, just to know, and to know the foundation of some of it yeah. is coming from, from organizations like, like y'all, what y'all do. Uh, I'm looking forward to attending somewhere in the future, some meal, whether it be in a greenhouse or a, <laughs> a steel mill, who knows where. Uh, but uh, would love to, to actually get out, get to actually sit over a table. And I know that day is coming mm -hmm. and uh, look forward to that time. And I will, uh, I'm just grateful. Thank you for coming to the table today. Thank you for inviting us to the table. You're welcome. Well, I'm going to uh, speak to our folks here and I will be posting this and I will, uh, I'm not going to let y'all go just yet, but I'm going to let them go. Uh, <clears throat> for those of you who are listening, you know, this is a special podcast now in the middle of the week. And uh, ordinarily we're releasing a, a podcast every Monday morning at 7 a.m. But uh, I hope I encourage you to check out uh, Urban Avenues, Five Loaves and participate in this Care Health Initiative. We've been looking for a way or wondering a way to give your appreciation or share your appreciation with the medical community. Here it is, Birmingham. And so, again, I want to thank John and Madison for being with us today. And until you hear the call next Monday morning, Table of Redemption, your party is now available. We'll see you then. Thanks. <laughs>